show, The Breakfast Club. Man, what the hell is this, man? Breakfast Club, bitches. I'm glad they put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... Wake your punk ass up. This Chris Brown. I've officially joined The Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show. Breakfast Club, bitches. All right, start it over. My bad. All right, here we go. The mic wasn't plugged in. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Peace to the planet, it's Tuesday! Toronto! Come on, What's guys. happening? How's it going? How come you're not on revolt, Charlemagne? What's going on with your camera? Oh, Anthony, text me my passcode. I forgot my passcode. Nope. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all ready for the versus battle of the day? Who y'all got? Uh, um, Joe Biden. Yeah. I, I got Joe Biden. Y'all out of y'all mind. Y'all have not been paying attention the past three and a half years. Then. I sure Donald have. Trump. I know that Joe Biden's been doing preparation. Donald Trump really hasn't been doing any. Let me ask you a question. When have yes. facts mattered the past three and a half years? Matter of fact, let's not even do the past three and a half years. Let's go back to 2016 when Donald Trump was on the stage with a very qualified uh, woman named Senator Hillary, what, no, Secretary Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Okay? Nobody cares about facts in 2020. They care about feelings and memes and performative behavior. You're going to watch Joe Biden tonight. You think so? And then I think, from what yes. I hear, Joe Biden's team has been prepping him so that he doesn't react when Donald <laughs> Trump tries to get under yeah, his they skin. Gonna, they go prep him. I'm sure they be, be practiced. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm sure he's doing a better job of prep. Yeah, but I'm, I guess sure, I'm sure he'll be good. Mr. The, the gaff king Joe Biden has been making those kind of gaffes for damn near 80 years. You think that the, uh, a week of prep is going to prepare him? from not making any gaffes tonight on live television with a man that's willing to say and do anything and just lie. I also lie. know that Donald Trump gets very flustered and he's walked out of interviews and press conferences. Yeah, so well, I, I wouldn't rule that out either. Get it in tonight. I think well, we're going to get it I in tonight. I know Donald that he Trump. doesn't like being confronted about his taxes. I know there's a lot of things he doesn't like being confronted about, these high coronavirus numbers, the fact that he knew that there was a pandemic coming and lied and tried to keep it quiet. Joe Biden, Joe, Joe Biden doesn't like to be confronted about anything either, at all. We've seen him flip out and volunteer information when he's pressed. I think I, I, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think that Donald Trump is just a better performer. Is Joe, is Joe Biden more factual and more prepared and smarter? See, Absolutely. It, it, but that it, doesn't matter. It's just like the verses. You know when you take a verses and, and you know your guy might lose, but you got to go with your guy anyway? Same thing, man. You got to go with Biden, bro. You can't just That's say Donald true. Trump. He's, he's been practicing. He's been putting in the work. He's been shooting in the gym. Tonight, he's going to be ready. All right. Well, today is also, by the way, National Coffee Day. So I know a lot of people are going to be up late tonight because the debate doesn't even start until 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you get your coffee. You know, I have my own coffee company called Coffee Uplifts People, and we're doing half okay. off today. So you can get it online or at Brooklyn Roasting. It's also my brother's birthday today, so today's a lot going on. Happy birthday, bro, ye. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Roland Martin will be joining us this morning. Yes, I love to hear what he has to say. 
yeah, about so we'll tonight's debates. And also, uh, Ryan Holiday will be joining us as well. That's my okay. guy. Two people that I enjoy hearing from. Ryan Holiday is one of my favorite authors. If you've ever read Ego is the Enemy or Obstacle is the Way or you got a, you got a daily affirmation book called The Daily Stoic, which I actually just finished reading, by the way. Um, yes, he's the author of all of those books, and he's got a new book out now called Live Lives, Lives of the Stoics. Okay. All right, so we'll yes. kick it with him in a little bit, too, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front-page news. Now, Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Ravens 34-20. And uh, tomorrow at 9 p.m. Game 1, Lakers versus the Miami Heat. And Doc Rivers, it seems like he is out as a coach for the Clippers, so he will no longer be... Uh, Head coaching the Clippers. I saw that coming. I mean, I, I, lo- I like Doc Rivers a lot, but he's been underachieving with those Clippers teams for a long time since the yeah. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era. Yeah, so he was let go. So what else we got, Ye? All right, well, we got some transparency on the way. Now, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron previously had refused to release grand jury transcripts, but... Now, last night, he announced that he would have to comply with the judge's ruling ordering a recording of the grand jury presentation that would be added to the court's case file. They do have to release all recordings, transcripts, and reports of the grand jury relating to the case, and that has to be released to the public. Here's what he has to say. And so the length of the investigation uh, was a reflection of how important it was that we got this right. We didn't want to rush it, uh, and we did not. These are prosecutors and investigators who don't care about political distinctions, don't care uh, about influence in any particular regard. What they care about is the truth. And we uh, presented that to the grand jury. Well, we shall see now with everything about to be released. And these statements came... uh, You know, there's a a juror that is saying that they did not get all the information. So that juror is a very brave person. The mm-hmm. grand jury is asking for the transcripts to be released because they're saying that Daniel Cameron lied to them for political gain and withheld material information from them so they would not indict. Yeah, I mean, that juror got a conscience. I mean, they're basically saying, you know, they're not going to take the fall for Daniel Cameron's mistake by not presenting all the evidence. And good on those jurors. Good on those jurors for avoiding the media the past few months because they clearly weren't swayed by the court of public opinion. So I wonder what got into that juror now. Like, what did they see that made them say, we got hoodwinked, we got bamboozled? Good on that juror. Now, according to interviews with Louisville SWAT team members, they said that there were some alarms raised as well. And they actually didn't even know about the raid at Breonna Taylor's apartment until after it happened. They were called to secure the scene afterward. And they said they had some serious concerns about how everything was carried out. Here is uh, Dale Massey from the SWAT team on the Breonna Taylor raid. Uh, they had a meeting about a month prior, um, and they brought up multiple locations, and our guys advised them, hey, we need to take this slower. You know, we're not going to do eight warrants in one night. At no point did I ever hear the word Springfield mentioned in the briefing. Someone else may have. I never heard it. It was never said that, hey, we're doing any other warrants. And on our SWAT 1 channel, we hear shots fired. Um, so we're like, wait a second. Shots fired. Is everybody good? From our perspective, if that's in fact what happened, I mean, if other details come to light, it is what it is. But it's just it seemed like that there's no target identification whatsoever for those rounds that were shot outside the apartment. Yeah, I, I just wonder what would what would what would the result be though? Because like, look, somebody needs to be held account- accountable for that young queen losing her life. There was too many mistakes made, you know, that cost. 
her her life and you know she should still be here today if somebody didn't make those mistakes so when you make mistakes at your job somebody has to be held accountable i don't know if it's the police officers the person who right. issued the warrant i don't know what it is somebody has to be held accountable for for something Absolutely. Massey told investigators had he known the raid on Springfield was planned, he said, I would have advised them 100% not to do it until we were done doing what we had to do. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. The number 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, what's up, man? It's D.C. Um, D.C. Columbus, Ohio. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. Peace, King. Uh, What's up, what's up, everybody? Um, You know, I just want to say, I'm trying to keep together, y'all. and I'm not having a good day. Okay, Talk to me, happy. brother. You know, my, uh, lost my dad on Friday, you know? I'm and, sorry. Uh, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm strong, okay? Take your time. Okay, yep. I'm, I, got, I don't want to waste nobody's time. I no, just, please take your time. He was a great guy. He's a great stand-up man. Veteran. Fucking desert storm. Persian Gulf, you know, just good guy, God-fearing guy, married to my mom for 30 years. That's all they've ever known mm. since they were 14 years old, you know? That love mm. is so real. You know, it's real. Uh, I don't know what to say, but I just want y'all to look. It's like, since they doing challenges, do this challenge. Just hold, if you, next time you see your dad, just hold them for 60 seconds. Hold them for 60 seconds. Don't let go. How? No matter how awkward it gets. Just hold them real tight. Just 60 seconds, dog. Because you just never know. Absolutely. You know, my dad would have been 50 years old next month on Halloween, bro. Wow. You know, 2020 ain't fair. Bro. He was young. But I don't want to young, young. I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep y'all, man. But you know, just stay up. I listen to y'all. It's my first day back at work. I know I might be going to work too soon, but things need to get paid. Uh, they, you know, well, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I know, I know your father. I know your father was a good man because I can, I can tell by the impact he had, he had on his son. Man, he would have impacted everybody. He was just that guy. You know, I want to say just R.I.P. Dwayne Foster, man. Dwayne Foster, that's his name. Okay, Dwayne Foster, rest in peace. And listen, don't be afraid to cry and let it out. It's fine. You don't have to be strong like that. It's okay. That's right. You know, know, I'm by myself right now at work, you know, but I'm just, you know, my mom's calling me. So let me call y'all later. I love y'all, man. man. Love you, man. All right, brother. And by the way, uh, my brothers, tears don't don't make, make you weak. weak. Tears, Not tears, at all. Just mean, tears just mean that you care. That's right. That's you can all. be strong and cry. So yeah, that's right. Get it tears off don't your make chest. you weak. Tears are just tears are just uh, 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 I guess what you would call weakness leaving the body. But it, it, I don't think it's weak at all. It just it just Not means you care. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Man, man, they just call me to tell me come get it. 
It's your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hello, who's this? Joe. Hey, Joe, get it off your chest. I want to talk to you about the Breonna Taylor case you guys keep talking about. Go ahead, bro. It seems like yes, you have sir. a lot of questions about how search warrants happen and, and what happens during them. Are you, uh, are you a police officer? I work, in the, uh, I work in the metropolitan area, and I, I've been on over 500 search warrants. No knock and regular knock. So what, you're, what, you're what a police officer. do you have? You, yes, sir. So fire away. You want some questions answered from somebody that's been on the other side oh. of this type of event. All right, so what's the protocol? Oh, what's what's the protocol? Time. So tell us what the yeah, protocol yeah, is. Protocol if, if you know the case... Was, Tell us what they did right and wrong. Oh, it's not about what they did right or wrong. Is that when something like this happens, when an event like this happens, it's horrible. But so much happens in such a fraction of a second that you can't just rewind the tape like that. If you want to talk about what went through that door, the amount of evidence that you need for a judge to sign off on that is ridiculous. Right. And but what the lieutenant lied? Where was the, the mistake the made, though? Because if the, the lieutenant person was lied, already apprehended, if the person was apprehended, the Lord, why okay. were they doing that, that, doing well, that search yeah, and, anyway? And, and the lieutenant oh, lied on the probable cause affidavit, which was the basis for the no knock search if, warrant. If, That's been proven. If you want to go, right, okay. Now, if you want to take specifics like that, then that's fine. But you can't just say police did the wrong thing. If somebody lied, then who was the person that lied and they need to look exactly at them? If somebody ordered it to happen, okay, okay, again, if that if that's what the information that you see is there, then specify that individual X lied. That's what Just we've like been, that's what we've been saying. <clears throat> I don't know if you heard us. That's what we've been saying. We've been saying who signed off on that warrant when the person was already apprehended. Well, if the lieutenant lied, right? Correct. And now the district attorney's office took his information and signed off on it, then you have a very small group of people that caused this chain of events. But yes. once those guys go through that door, right, the, or rather the people that went through that door, they weren't decision makers. They had a, a, a mission to accomplish, and then mm -hmm. things went silent. Right. So all the talk of that these cops, you know, are murderers and things like that, that is crazy to perpetuate that information out there. Because those guys well, that, that went through that door were nothing more than, than, than cops that were being told, hey, you go through that door, arrest the people that are on the other side, nobody get hurt. And well, then, I think part I, of the I, issue I, is, I, the, is the cover-up that is involved with everything that went on. For instance, they knew that they had shot and killed Breonna Taylor, but they told her mom they didn't know where she was, and her mom was looking at all these different hospitals, and they knew that, that her daughter was dead. They had shot and killed her. They, they reported that Breonna Taylor had no injuries, even though she was dead. They, uh, they, they said it was no forced entry, but clearly that it shows that the door was busted open. They executed the search warrant. When they executed the search warrant, they sent the ambulance away, even though you're supposed to keep the ambulance on the site. And like I told they you before, they, they announced live. themselves as, as uh, they said they knocked and announced themselves, but no one else heard that. Then they had a witness that changed their story. So now hearing all that thing. being an officer, doesn't, doesn't it sound like a little, a, a little crap area. to you all, all those lying? Well, hold on. It, it, as you break down the entire thing, obviously there are very questionable concerns about how protocol and things were handled, okay? Yeah. But the actual events that took place, okay? I, to I, I totally understand it. But somebody still should be held know, accountable for the mistakes that were made. Sure. Somebody has to be held you accountable. Folks from, you, you folks are from the New York area, right? You live in this area here? Yeah. When, when there is an incident in the street... I mean, Brooke, uh, Angela, you're from Brooklyn, right? Mm -hmm. if, if shots are fired in the street and somebody is shot or killed, not a cop, not nobody, right? Just something happens in the street. 
for that moment while that's happening, it's complete chaos, right? Now take that inside of four walls of an apartment with a bunch of cops, a, a guy shooting at them. Now you have a, a young lady dead. Uh, the panic, and there, there's no training for that. You understand? Yeah, but I, I just think that I, I just think that it's really but, but this is saying? more about the cover up that happened afterward and the lies that were told. And beforehand. Oh, the cover up beforehand but, and but afterwards. But they, but they, somebody needs to be held accountable for that. Thank you for calling. That conversation I, 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 is very different than the conversation you guys are saying. All right. No, it's well, not. Well, well, even, but the, we'll the SWAT morning, team sergeant was even saying that they should have uh, let them know ahead of time, and they had a meeting earlier that day, and they weren't even informed that they were doing this warrant. They didn't even hear about it until a cop was shot. A lot of people All made I a keep- mistake on this on this call. A lot of people made a mistake that 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 approved that warrant, that w- when they went in the house, the cover-up after. A lot of people made a mistake, and our point is, why was nobody charged? Nobody oh, got smacked on the hand. That's, that's, nothing. That's all I keep saying. That somebody has crazy. to be held. Somebody has to be held accountable. I don't know what the charge would be, but somebody has to be held accountable. That's that's all I keep saying. I totally understand that those cops went under there thinking that they were, you know, uh, doing a drug bust. So when they got shot at, they shot they back. Shot back. Right. But, if but there's no what? accountability, keep... that just means this can happen as it has been over and over and over again. And why are we acting like if somebody busted in your house right now? And if you have a legal firearm, which you should, you wouldn't fire. Yes, I would. <laughs> I'm trying to think who wouldn't do that. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got uh, rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and let's talk about Jeezy. He's got his own show on the way. We'll tell you about it. All right. We'll Sally Jeezy next... Raphael. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, this Wendy Williams interview with Andy Cohen is all over the place, right? And another thing that Wendy Williams addressed is DJ Booth. DJ Booth is no longer her DJ on the show. It is now DJ Sus One, who's also Mariah Carey's DJ. Well, here's what Wendy had to say about DJ Booth no longer being on the show. What happened to DJ Booth? Um, we mixed it up this season. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, new around here, including my set, my elephant Cynthia's here, the Wendy. Here's the thing, and take it from somebody who, you know, worked with Wendy for three years, uh, you just have to know that with Wendy, no matter how cool y'all are for whatever period of time y'all are cool, Wendy don't give a damn about you. Everybody is disposable, okay? I know she's going to treat you like you've known each other forever. She's going to tell you deep, dark secrets about herself. But Wendy don't give a damn about nobody. And that's fine. She's a friend to no one. And you have to know that when you're dealing with her. That's it. All right. And congratulations to Jeezy. He's got his own show on Fox Soul. It's called Worth a Conversation. Uh, with Jay, Jeezy okay. Jenkins. He posted, Happy G-Day to me. Another year, another endeavor has been my passion and my drive to inspire, motivate, and educate my culture. Every song I've ever written, every word I've uttered came from a real place, and this is no different. Worth a conversation is self-explanatory. I will talk about issues that directly affect my culture and its people. From the front porch conversations to real-life situations, Worth a Conversation is bridging the gap. My own show starting October 14th, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm excited to be a part of the Fox Soul family, and I can't wait to introduce you to Jay Jeezy Jenkins. Drop on okay. the clues, bombs for Sally, Jeezy. for Sally Jeezy Raphael. You know what I mean? And I love the fact that uh, he's using his real name. He's saying mm-hmm. his name is Jay. Oh, you, you, know, you got something he, coming up with Jeezy too, right? No. What are you talking oh. about? Okay. That's my guy, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Megan Thee Stallion is designing fashion Nova jeans for tall women. 
So Charlemagne, you and I can't wear them. And she had posted about it. She said, oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember when I said I I was collaborating with Fashion Nova to make jeans for tall women? She said, these are the first samples coming soon. I might, I do, do my, are my hips bigger than Meg just no, I'm not you sure. You cannot wear her don't tall Not tall, tall enough. You're not tall enough. She's 5'10". Okay. I'm 5'7". That, that Gina come to your forehead, You bro. said you was 5'6 the other day. <laughs> he's 5'5". Hey, he's hey, stop keeping up with my lies. All right, now, Cardi B, in the meantime, is trademarking WAP, and she wants to get that on everything. She's trying to get it certified at the trademark office, so looks like uh, we could have some WAP products coming sometime soon. Why don't A little Yachty. Wait to trademark things after they're already out. I'm sure somebody already has tried to file for that trademark. Like, but why do people do that? Like, that should be like business one-on-one. As soon as you launch something, I don't care if it's a song, merchandise, a podcast, something. You, trademark you just don't know it. what's going to hit. You don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. But you're supposed to trademark right. everything anyway. Like, why was she? She has so many different things going on. She got a lot going probably, on. She got a team. A lot of phrases, a lot of songs. She's probably never not heard trademark the fr- everything. I never heard the term WAP tell Cardi said it. Now, I've heard the term, you know, uh, wet ass poom poom, but I've never heard WAP. So I, I don't know. I just feel like somebody should have did that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. All right. And Little Yachty was arrested last week, and that was for driving 150 miles per hour in Atlanta. And before his mugshot came out, because now it is out, he had said this. It happened, but uh, not today. This was like uh, two weeks ago, or like a week ago. I don't, I don't know how it happens. God forbid. The mugshot comes out. Hopefully it doesn't. How fast was he going? 150. 150 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand speeders. Like, if you're not in NASCAR, what's the point? Like, are, are you in a rush to die? Like, when, when that's why I don't even like to ride with people. I like to drive myself. And, like, you know, you got homeboys that like to speed. I'm like, why are you speeding? Are you in a rush to die? Like, what's the mm-hmm. point? When he was driving right. his 2020 F8 Ferrari, which is about mm, $350,000. Maybe he was testing it Like out. F8? Like Fast 8? That's yep. a car. Well, it was I a Ferrari that was the F8. name of a movie. No, it's, it's, a, it's a Ferrari F8. Uh, Tributo is what they called it. All right, and G- to Giselle Bryant's dad does not approve of her relationship with her ex-husband, Jamal Bryant. You know, they are back together, dating again. And while they were filming, she he let his uh, thoughts be known. Her father, Curtis Graves, wants her to be happy, but here's what he said. I thought you were going to ask my dad my hand in marriage. No, I, I think we've got some rivers to cross. I think he's going to take a mic off of me. I think I'm done. This is not a good move for her. You know, this guy's got six, seven baby mamas, you know. Yeah. Do you want to deal with that again? No. As a father, you think twice about that kind of stuff. Six, seven baby mamas. He was like, do you want to deal with that again? Yeah, and I understand as a father, you know, he tries to be there. His that That's his uh, his daughter's ex-husband. They're getting back together. He doesn't really like him, but he tried. He tried to sit through it. And then at the end of the day, he was like, look, I can't take this ish no more. She ain't good for him. I'm out of here. But, I mean, as a dad, you try to be there for your daughter, but you want what's best for her, you know? I didn't know Pastor Brian uh, had six, seven baby mamas. That's a shame if you don't even know exactly how many it is, too. He, when they start doing it, like, six, seven, not sure. <laughs> Man, All he right, can do, well, he can do a whole like, Last Supper picture. By himself. That is your rumor report. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Missy. We got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Uh, Yes. And you know, the debates are happening tonight. So, of course, we have to get ready for that. But in addition to that, it's all about Breonna Taylor today. And now they are going to release the grand jury transcript. All right. Keep it locked. We'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. 
The Travis Scott meal just dropped at McDonald's, featuring the juicy quarter pounder burger with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, and bacon, all with medium fries and a drink for just six bucks. Don't forget the barbecue sauce. Price and participations may vary. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get in some front page news. Did you watch the game last night, Charlemagne? No, I did not watch the game last night. Talk about the right. Kansas City Chiefs and who? Who they play? Chiefs and the Ravens. No, I didn't. I didn't watch no TV. Well, I was watching CNN last night actually. Yeah, Chiefs and the Ravens. Chiefs won't beat the Ravens last night, thirty-four twenty. All right, what else we got, Yeezy? Uh, well, let's talk about Brianna Taylor. Now, a grand juror, a member of the grand jury, has filed a motion calling for all of the records in the Brianna Taylor investigation to be released to the public. This is what we've been asking for. And it says that the state's top prosecutor is moving forward with uh, releasing at least uh, one part of the probe. Now, the grand juror is not named in the filing, but they are requesting that the release of the transcript, recordings, and reports because the full story and absolute truth of how this matter was handled from the beginning to end is now an issue of great public interest and has become a large part of the discussion of public trust throughout the country. That is according to the filing. Now, uh, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron previously has said that these proceedings are meant to be kept secret and that their investigation was thorough. Listen to this previous audio. And so the length of the investigation uh, was a reflection of how important it was that we got this right. We didn't want to rush it and we did not. These are prosecutors and investigators who don't care about political distinctions, don't care uh, about influence in any particular regard. What they care about is the truth. And we uh, presented that to the grand jury. Oh, salute to that juror for having a conscience. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they're basically saying they're not going to take the fall for Daniel Cameron's mistake of not presenting all of the evidence. So salute to him. And isn't isn't there a federal investigation going on now? Are, yes, are and that's what Daniel Cameron was saying is that they're still in an ongoing investigation and releasing these transcripts could affect that. But because of public interest, it feels like, and this is something that is very uncommon, so this doesn't happen quite often. Now, the grand jury alone, according to Daniel Cameron, and the grand jury is saying that Daniel Cameron kept telling the media, the grand jury alone made the decision on who and what to charge based solely on the evidence presented to them. And so... Uh, they don't want to be responsible. Imagine being on this jury. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, you know, I, I got to commend the jurors for avoiding the media the past few months because they clearly weren't swayed by the court of public opinion. So I, I do wonder what, what what got into that juror now. Like, what happened? Like, what made them realize they've been hoodwinked and bamboozled now? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe all this evidence that wasn't presented previously and things that, uh, you know, they're just hearing about it now, now that they've come out of the jury. I mean, that's my point. Like, so they must have been avoiding social media and everything else. Well, you're supposed to. You're supposed to avoid everything, yeah. Yeah. That's almost impossible, though. you're supposed to just pay attention to what evidence is presented. But you have to think there's a lot of things that we didn't hear about before. Unreleased interviews like this interview with the Louisville SWAT team uh, Mm -hmm. that was just released. This is a previous interview that was never released before. And they told investigators they had concerns about the raid on Breonna Taylor's apartment. So uh, let's play this for you. And this is... Uh, the SWAT team and what they're saying is uh, uh, they're talking about Brianna Taylor, the raid on Brianna Taylor's apartment. They didn't even know about it before it happened. They didn't know about it until afterward when they were called to come help secure the area. Uh, they had a meeting about a month prior um, and they brought up multiple locations and our guys advised them, hey, we need to take this slower. You know, we're not going to do eight warrants in one night. At no point did I ever hear the word Springfield. 
mentioned in the briefing. Someone else may have, I never heard it. It was never said that, hey, we're doing any other warrants. And on our SWAT 1 channel, we hear shots fired. Um, so we're like, wait a second, shots fired? Is everybody good? From our perspective, if that's in fact what happened. I mean, if other details come to light, it is what it is. But it's just, it seemed like that there's no target identification whatsoever for those rounds that were shot outside the apartment. Well, it's clear that there was a lot of mistakes made and somebody mm -hmm. needs to be held accountable for the death of Breonna Taylor. That's and that's simple as that. Saying. Even to the guy that called earlier, that's what we've been saying. Something was done wrong, and whoever did that wrong, that's it. he needs to be held accountable. They, they said the that's lieutenant lied on the probable cause affidavit, which was the basis mm -hmm. for the no-knock search warrant. Let's start there. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And even, and you know, the, the one cop that was indicted, right, and that wasn't related to the killing of Breonna Taylor, Brett Hankinson, he is pleading not guilty to his charges, and he did that during a telephone court appearance yesterday. Right. Who y'all got in the versus battle tonight, though? Joe Biden. I don't I don't know how y'all feel that way. Like, all we going to do is be in here tomorrow. That's what we want. We, 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 we want him to win. How about that? We want him to. I, no, I, feel, true, I, I definitely think he will. And let's see what Roland Martin has to say. Yeah, Listen, we'll we're going to we, we, we gonna, we gonna be in here tomorrow complaining about how much Trump lies. Watch. That's it. Trump is an unorthodox well, fighter. We do that every Biden day. Will, <laughs> Biden will have way more facts. Biden will be smarter because he's more well-versed, but facts don't matter. We saw that in 2016 when Trump went against Clinton. He's going to uh, have Joe Biden flustered. Watch. All right, Only way well. Biden wins is if the first time Trump lies, Biden says, this guy is full of... He's got to let that S word fly on national TV. Calling him out on his lies, attempting to fact check, fact check him, that's not strong enough. He's got to say Trump is full of shit on national TV. All right, well. We'll talk to Roland Martin next about that, so don't move. 800-585-1051. Roland Martin will be joining us when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, Mr. Yes, Roland indeed. Martin. Roland? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I, I no, 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 no. I thought Charlamagne had said, hold up. I, I heard something like this. My bad. My bad. <laughs> 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 Let's to my guy, Roland. Hey, Roland, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, the two-year anniversary of your digital daily show, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Two years flew by fast. That's right. Uh, dude, it did fly by fast. Uh, it, it's been an unbelievable two years uh, in terms of just tremendous growth. And, and the thing that, you know, I keep telling folks is that, you know, look, we, you know, we didn't buy a single ad. We didn't push anything. It was all organic. Our fan base has just really been, you know, phenomenal. You know, you talk about 100 million views. We did our first year. Uh, we'll finish the second year doubling uh, that, the number of views. And so it's, it's just been one hell of a uh, second year. Right. Roland, we appreciate mm -hmm. your voice so much. And since this is Roland Martin Unfiltered, let's talk about the debates that are happening tonight, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. This is their first debate. And as we all know, the New York Times has also leaked Donald Trump's tax returns and did a whole expose on that. So how do you think that's going to play into tonight's debate? Oh, it's going to be huge uh, because, remember, Hillary Clinton told us she could use my hashtag, we tried to tell you. Uh, she told <laughs> us during the 2016 debate this guy didn't pay any taxes. And he's like, well, you know, you know I'm smart. You know, look. Joe Biden's persona is a guy who was born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania, who's, who's about working class, who's doing the right thing. And the fact that he can stand on that stage and say, wait a minute, uh, I've paid, you know, millions in taxes and all you paid was 750 bucks. And then Trump, just he, he's, of course, he's going to holler fake news, fake news. 
But guess what he's never going to do? He's never going to come out with the real information. He's going to keep lying to us, saying, oh, it's under audit. And so expect Joe Biden to hammer him on that and to make it clear you're not fighting for the, uh, for the little man. You stiff people, uh, small business owners who worked on your resort uh, and your casinos. Uh, you screwed those people. And so he's going to offer that contrast. And look, I think this election is, is already set. I think there are very few people sitting out there going, okay, I'm, I'm going to vote for it. But what it does, does is drive intensity. And that is, will it cause more Democrats, more progressives, more independents to say, you know what, I'm going to get that guy Biden uh, my vote as opposed to Trump. That's going to be the key. And remember, Republicans keep acting like Joe Biden can't talk. Remember the debate in 2012 when he smacked the hell out of Paul Ryan? People, I mean, I didn't forget that debate. Obama was lackluster <laughs> in the first one against Romney. Biden came by, came out and was punching Paul Ryan. I expect the same thing to happen uh, tonight. How do you argue with I a bet lie? You, hold on. How, how I, I, bet you, I bet you money rolling that don't happen. Nobody cares. You can't shame the shameless. Biden doesn't stand a chance in the debate. Trump is going to mop the floor with him. He's a better performer. He's not going to tell the truth. He's not going to say, mm-hmm. he's going he's to say anything. anything and it's going to get under Joe Biden's skin. And Joe Biden is going to react how we always see him react, which is angry. No, not true. Because I'm telling I, you, if you, go, if you go back and if you go back and look at the debate, first of all, one of the things that, Biden is very successful at, and that is when somebody starts going there in line, he'll, he'll flash that huge smile. That huge, fly, that huge smile to like, you know you full of crap. Then, then what he's able to do is, because again, we know Trump is going to just sit in here, come with a bluster and all of that, but he's also not playing to a crowd. It's going to be three people sitting in the room. It's going to be Trump, Biden, Chris Wallace at the stage. Not going to have the audience there. Biden knows how to debate. He's also been preparing. Trump's like, I don't have to worry about debate. So right. this whole idea that, that he's going to get away with lying as well, look, Wallace is going to sit there and press him. Biden can fact check him as well, but it's not just going to be about the fact check. If you, if you get caught up in that game, you're playing his game. All Biden has to say is, another lie. Well, Wallace oh, wow. said he's not doing no fact checking, though. Yeah, there's no fact checking. They said Wallace isn't doing no fact checking. But Biden can do it. Dude, let me tell you something right now. When Donald Trump stands there and blatantly lies, Chris Wallace is going to have to say, uh, that's, that's actually not what happened. It's innate. It's going to happen. So Yeah, it's hard not to. Not, I mean, he's not going to sit there and say, okay, well, uh, five minutes ago, but no, he's not going to just sit there and let just just let him misinterpret the question. So I'm telling you, if you, you think uh, that, that, that Trump is going to mob him, no. Trump loves to perform in front of an audience. He needs crowds. It's different when it's just three voices. That's a, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. What do you think about Donald Trump's uh, $500 billion plan for black America? Okay, first of all, it's a $500 billion plan. Okay, that's just the first thing. Okay, <laughs> uh, I got. I saw that deal. We completely broke it down. It's an absolute, flat-out, unbelievable, undeniable lie. Okay? It's a hot <laughs> pod of stuff that they threw together. First thing is called the platinum plan. Who the hell came up with that? Kanye so, West. So what, we talk, so what was it? Oh, a uh, 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 black folk, which is actually true according to my sources. It is. It is. Black folks with grills in their mouth. Is that what's going on? Is that, 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 is that where they come from? And here's the other deal. Uh, I don't call it the platinum plan. I call it the aluminum foil plan. That's really what it is. Okay? Because in, in the plan, he talks about 
uh, you know, uh, we, we're going to help support HBCUs. First of all, he's been lying about guaranteed funding for HBCUs. That's only one program. Uh, Dr. Walter Kimbrough of Dillard University has completely obliterated that, that lie. He, he has in there talks about making an investment in, in black-owned businesses, and then hopefully that will drive $500 billion in private capital to businesses. Doesn't explain how. He says in there, <laughs> we're going to add 3, 3 million uh, black jobs. I'm sorry, we're going to add 3 million jobs to black people, or we're going to replace the jobs lost under him. When he was inaugurated, black unemployment was 7.5%. Today, black unemployment is 13%. Donald Trump says, oh, we gotta, we got to help with housing. Well, where in the hell did you get your housing plan for the last three and a half years? Black, un- black home ownership dropped to its lowest rate on, uh, since 1968 under Donald Trump in 2019, 40.9%. was the highest, almost 50% when Bill Clinton was president. You can go through that plan. Then the court has a whole section on health care. Dude wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? And so then I love this one here. Make June a national holiday. It could have happened in July. Right, when, when it was proposed. Bob Johnson of Wisconsin was the only person who blocked it. Did y'all recall seeing a tweet from Donald Trump saying, Senator Johnson, stand down? I, I, I'm, let, let me see if I can find that. No, I can find that one. <laughs> and the last one, he said, uh, the anti-lynching bill. Same thing, when Senator Rand Paul blocked that. I don't recall Donald Trump tweeting or coming out publicly saying, Senator Rand Paul, step down. A hodgepodge of nonsense, and that's exactly what it is. And so, please, I'm not even. And in that last point, they went to NPR with the, with the breakdown of the plan. How many black folks listen to NPR? They didn't come to black media. They didn't come to black radio. Come on. All right, we got more with Roland Martin. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we're still kicking it with Roland Martin. Now, Roland, what do you think about uh, minorities and, and, and blacks that ride for Trump? Because there's a lot of minorities and black people that really support him and stand by him. Well, first of all, define a lot. <laughs> <laughs> more than more than no. should be, I should say. 8%. I, I say no, 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 no. If you look at in the last 40, if you look at in the last 30 to 40 years, Republicans have typically gotten anywhere from 7 to 10% of black support. Okay, mm-hmm. black women hate the Republican Party more than anybody. Where did I get that from? In a meeting with Rice Priebus uh, in 2016, where where top one of the top officials said black women hate us more than anybody. So again, they know that. What he's appealing to are black men who are disaffected, black men who feel as if um, they haven't gotten certain things from the Democratic Party. But also, we have to understand, there are people who only care about their own pocketbook. And so I've had black men say, oh, my 401k is better, uh, my job is better. But while they're saying all of that, I'm saying, really? So tell me what those 218 right-wing, uh, mostly white men federal judges that Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell appointed to the federal bench, how are they going to impact you, your nephew, your son, uh, your father as well. Tell me, please, uh, how when Donald Trump said he does, does not believe in police consent decrees, how they should pull back from that, how they impact you. If you are somebody who's solely looking at who you vote for based upon what is he or she going to do for me, then you better think far beyond your tax bracket and realize all the other areas where you're getting screwed and black people are getting screwed. 
I agree with you. And another reason I don't care about his platinum plan either is like, man, he's the president. I don't need no policy commitments from the president. If you're going to actually do something for black people, do it. And if you have done something for black people, show me the, show me the proof. They talked about, talked about expanding opportunity zones. Guys, look, they released a report saying there's been $75 billion of investment in opportunity zones. I have emailed the White House saying, can you please provide for me a breakdown of those eight to 9,000 census tracts? How much black people have actually gotten? No right. response. Can you show me? Because that doesn't mean it's only for black people. No, that's what I've been saying. When everybody ran to the White House and everybody was talking about opportunity zones, I was like, it's not just for black people. It's just a term they put out there to make it seem is for us, but it's not for black people. It's for wealthy people no, that not. can park money for a, for a period of time. But it's, not, it's nothing wrong with having that information, though, because it is black people out there who can afford to invest in opportunity zones. I am one of them. So it, it, it's good to have the information. But the way they sold it was it was for our people, but you got to be able to park money for a while. Precisely. No, they said for our communities. And again, and again, no, 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 that's not how they, no, no. They Inve investments in the black and brown communities. That's what that, that's what the whole point of opportunity zones were. Well, no, no, that's, that's the way it was sold. What I'm saying is show me the proof of who is actually helping. The reality is, and we've seen this in many of these cases, opportunity zones are simply another name for gentrification. I had a black preacher from Baltimore who was at the White House announcement when they announced Opportunity Zones on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, the following week. A few months later, he came out saying, this, is not, this has been an absolute failure. We have actually not seen anything for our community. Mm -hmm. They won't provide that. And so, again, if you're going to come out and say, oh, this has been great and wonderful, show me the show us. Listen, I agree wholeheartedly, but um, gentrification is a disgusting word, but we do want our own people to gentrify our own communities. We want people who have the means to invest in our communities and build them back up. We do want that. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Why not? Word. Well, we, no, no, because here's the deal, though. This Displace, the displacement, displacement is the ugly word. Gentrification no, 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 is not that, a bad but, thing. But, but that's actually, but that, that that's what causes displacement. Of gentrification. It doesn't have to, though, is what I'm saying. Gentrification doesn't have to cause displacement. If black people who have the means go in there, buy up these properties, and we reinvest in our communities, it doesn't have to mean displacement. No, no, no. It doesn't, it doesn't have to mean displacement, but here's a part of that game. What they've done is say, oh, we're going to come in, and we're going to have mixed-use development. We're going to bring in quote, affordable housing, we're going to bring in shops, we're going to bring in high-end retails, and blah, 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 blah. They're targeting a particular economic bracket. Correct. And so what then happens is they're taking advantage of cheap real estate, then mm -hmm. re-employing the resources, creating tax increment financing districts as well. And so now all of a sudden, an area that was depressed, which is why the land was cheap, all of a sudden, oh, it's the three and four and five hundred thousand dollar condos. And then when you ask where's the affordable housing, it's really several units. The problem, what I'm saying is this here, and look, I get it. Nobody, if anybody who's a business person wants to be able to make money. Yes, we all should be acquiring the land ourselves as well. But the strategy is to actually move those out who economically cannot afford to live there because who you're targeting is a higher end tax bracket, income bracket, to be able to be in that area. And that's how they've used these shams 
in order to redefine these cities. And all of a sudden, we're now being, being pushed out to the suburban areas, not act, no access to public transportation, and then saying, what's wrong with y'all? Why can't you get your life together? Right. Well, that, see, that was the thing. It, it made it seem like it was for us, but it's really for people with money that can park money for a while. They get tax rebates. Sometimes they get tax deferments. I, 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 I disagree with that. They said they, they said it was for us. They basically said it was for people to have incentive. No, they said no. incentive to reinvest no. in poor and disenfranchised areas. They sold it as I was at the White House. I know. I know how it came out. To make it seem like I know how it came out. No, I did not. And I tell you exactly. Because oh, Roland, Roland, you, Roland, you can tell us right. But before opportunity zones, there was other plans. Opportunity zone yeah, wasn't because, the first thing. They've yes, been doing this for years. Yes, first, yeah, first, absolutely. So today's opportunity zone was called an enterprise zone when Jack Kemp, Republican exactly. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. But what, but what DJ Envy is saying is correct because here's the deal. You have never heard Donald Trump use the phrase opportunity zone when he is talking about white people. The only time they reference opportunity zones is when they are trying to say, this is what I've done for the blacks. The game is this here. If I can show I've created this thing for the blacks, which is opportunity zones, then, then why can they see, look what he's doing. You can't call him a racist because he's helping the blacks. That's how they spin opportunity zones. But here's the deal. If it wasn't targeted to us, it wouldn't be in his aluminum foil plant. Yeah, and I mean, that's one of the even when we went there, it was to listen to what Opportunity Zones were about. And one of our biggest points of contention was if Opportunity Zones is supposed to be for black people, then the people in that community should be provided with capital to buy back in their neighborhoods and, and reinvest in their neighborhoods. And that was they? the whole biggest point of contention. No, I don't know. Which means that DJ, DJ MB is saying is that Opportunity Zones really uh, is a great boon for those folks who are investing in real estate, uh, mm -hmm. which one of the reasons why he's been able to write off so many of his losses, uh, that, that is the game there. All I said to the White House is this here. If you are telling me it's been beneficial, show me the proof of how it has actually helped the people there. I'm still waiting. All right, we got more with Roland Martin. And when we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Roland Martin. Yee. Now, Roland, to switch gears for a second, can we talk about Supreme Court justice that Donald Trump has nominated Amy Coney Barrett and how that would affect the Supreme Court and decisions that are already in place? I, earlier, I talked about how we do not understand or realize the impact of these federal judges. Let me be as clear as possible. With, with Amy Coney Barrett, they now will have a six to three rock solid conservative right wing uh, control of the court. Chief Justice John Roberts is now irrelevant. They don't even need his vote. They got Clarence, Clarence Thomas is now going to be the ideological leader of the Supreme Court. That's what's about to happen right now. Thomas, Samuel Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, don't even need Roberts. You can go over there with the liberals because now it's 5-4. That means voting rights. That now means uh, 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 environmental uh, protection. Everything. What people have to understand is that we're out here, and this is what Republicans have been playing the long game. 
here's what they here's what conservatives realize. The success of black people was affirmed through the courts. Brown versus Board of Education. Eisenhower says his worst decision was making Earl Warren chief justice of the, of the Supreme Court. He was the one who shifted that thing through a unanimous decision. Brown versus Board of Education, too. Now, all of a sudden, you go through all the other laws. Even when you talk about the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, Fair Housing Act, federal judges making sure folks had to follow the law. Conservatives were sitting here going, oh, oh, we see y'all have taken over the courts. Where do you think all the conservative foundations came from? What do you think the Federalist Society came from? They, and then you come to 1970s and women's liberation. And then Roe v. Wade, they said, that's it. Our goal is to take over the judiciary. And Democrats and progressives sleep at the wheel. Only one mention of Democrat National Convention this year. Conservatives, they understand the power of the courts. Here's why. We can run out here and we can elect black mayors. We can elect black county commissioners and black officials. Somebody can sue and it goes to federal court. Take, for example, Amendment 4 in Florida. Desmond Mead, Sheena Mead, Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Ten years they fought to get that on the ballot. They get it on. It passes. 64%. What does the Republican legislature do? They then pass a law that says you got to pay all your fines and fees. They get sued. Go to the state Supreme Court. They control. They affirm it. They now take it to the federal court. Federal judge says unconstitutional. Court, fourth circuit above them, overturns that decision. Federal judges. So they've appointed right now 25% of all federal judges. If Donald Trump is reelected, by the end of his four years, he will have appointed half of all federal judges in the country last point. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which, is, which, is, which covers the West Coast, that is considered the most liberal appeals court in America. Conservatives almost have the majority on that appeals court. They want to control the courts, which controls America for the next half century. The math, we better Ginsburg, died at 87. Barrett, 48. That means that if she served as long as Ginsburg, she's there for the next 39 years. Gorsuch, is 53. Kavanaugh is 55. Alito is 70. Clarence Thomas, 72. At, so if Clarence Thomas served as long as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, he's going to be there for the next 15 years. That was always been their end game. So if Democrats get into the White House in November, what can they do to combat that? Because I, I heard about them adding four more, I think, Supreme Court justice seats, but people don't think they got the to do that? What do you think? Well, that's part of the problem. They don't have the to do it, and then they should. And they should. And people will say, you're packing the court. No, we're equalizing the court. Here's the deal. This is real simple. The New, the New Yorker has an article on James Baker, who served as chief of staff to President George H.W. Bush. He was Secretary of State. He's been a state, been Republican his whole life. He called Donald Trump nuts. He just eviscerated him, but he voted for him. Because you know what he said? I'm a Republican. And we mm -hmm. control the levers of power. This is the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans, when they have power, they use it. That's right. And they will get. Democrats must do it. I told Senator Chuck Schumer, y'all take control of the Senate. When they come, when it's time to make appointments, and Republicans go, hey, y'all just out. Mm, um, mm, don't even talk. Don't even talk. 
I'm not going to consider y'all. I want to hear your opinion. If Democrats get control of the United States Senate, you should run the table. And, and if Mitch McConnell or any of us open their mouths, I don't want to hear it. Y'all completely ignored us. You wield power. That's how you do it. Donald Trump is showing if you're ruthless and you don't care and you have a party that has no principles who won't say anything to let you do what you want to do. I'm not saying Democrats should not have principles, morals, or values. What I am saying is don't let uh, nonsense get in the way of you wielding power. They should increase the Supreme Court. They should also look at the circuit courts. They should say every opening, we're going to fill it with the most liberal, progressive judge possible. Because you know what the right does? They have filled those federal 218 seats the same way. They just, they're going to confirm this week a woman who graduated from law school, y'all, eight years ago, has never tried a case in her life, but she's going to have a lifetime appointment to the federal bench. They've got a wheel of power and let Republicans know, oh, y'all see how y'all rolled us? Guess what? We're about to roll y'all as well. As we're getting ready to watch the debates tonight, what advice would you give Joe Biden? If you had to advise him, what would you tell him are some of the things that he needs to do in order to make sure that he really makes a big splash in the debate? Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Trump hates to be ridiculed. He hates to be embarrassed. Remember, Obama just just got under his skin the White House Correspondents' Dinner. That's how you go at him. And Joe, Joe Biden has to be emphatic. He has to be clear. And he has to also... Hit him on his attacks on gold star families and the generals of America does not like it when you hit the military. I'm telling you, Joe Biden can do it. I suspect Joe Biden will do it. For all these people who think it's not going to turn out well, I, I, I think it's different. He's going to cause orange to turn red, and that's mm-hmm. what you do. When Donald Trump says it, he's going to say it. I built the biggest economy. And, and all Biden has to say, no, Barack and I handed you a great economy like your daddy handed you millions to start your business. You w- that's a great comeback, but you w- you need to be one of his speech writers because you know that ain't yeah, coming. I love it. Well, we'll be with- <laughs> that's a, great, we'll that's a phenomenal comeback. I love it. Yeah. We'll be watching tonight, and we'll be watching Roland Martin Unfiltered to get all of your commentary as well. We appreciate you, Roland Martin. One more thing, Roland. When he he hammers Joe Biden on his record for black people, because we've seen all the ads, he's going to come at Joe for that. Right. How does Joe respond? I think Joe Biden has to respond, and this is the way I'll respond. You attack progressive district attorneys like Marilyn Mosby. You attack, uh, you say police, police consent decrees aren't needed. And when, when Jacob Blake was shot in, Wisconsin, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, you didn't come and you didn't come there to console the family or meet with the community like I did. You only met with law enforcement. We need a president who cares about law enforcement and cares about the community and cares about people. And that's exactly what we also did. Let me remind you, your party blocked criminal justice reform when Barack and I were in the White House. Where were you? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Roland Martin, for checking in. We definitely Thank you, Roland. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Anytime. Thanks a lot. All Roland, right. peace, bro. It's Roland Martin. It's The Breakfast it. Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Dave Chappelle. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor. 
Well, it's unfortunate that Dave Chappelle's socially distanced performance series has been canceled. And that's because somebody within the inner circle was exposed to coronavirus. They said they aren't publishing the person's name. But according to uh, the rep, due to possible exposure to COVID-19 within our inner circle and out of an abundance of caution, we have elected to cancel the remaining shows. For the past three months of the pandemic, Dave Chappelle has successfully created a safe haven for comedians, musicians, and poets to express their art without incident. Over under on it being Donnell Rollins. What y'all think? Uh, you know I was going to hit him up and be like, Donnell, you? but I don't know about that. I mean, look, the final show was supposed to take place on October 4th. Uh, mm-hmm. Donnell has been there pretty much the whole time, and you get tested like every three days. So, and he wouldn't have been around anybody that had it because you have to get tested, and they do a rapid test, mm-hmm. and 15 minutes later you find out. So I don't know if it would be him. I thought I saw Donnell leave the bubble for a second. To I get his I son. Did. Okay. I got my money on Donnell Ross. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? He would have his money on us. So yeah, I got my money on Donnell, too. I got my money on Donnell Rollins ruining the whole thing. It's Donnell's fault. Damn, Donnell. See what you done did? Ruin the whole All thing. Right. Well, it is good to see how seriously they take it. You got to think, Dave was paying out of his own pocket mm-hmm. to have a, the whole truck there and to get everybody tested, and that was pretty expensive, so. Also, it's also a great out when you're tired of doing it. And you're like, hey, man, hey, man, somebody called Corona. I'm not going to say who it is, but we got to shut everything down. <laughs> enough's enough. <laughs> tired enough's enough. Tired of, enough. Tired of yeah, paying you know for all of he, was about, he was about to do something uh, that was like an anniversary thing, and we could have potentially went out there for that because I was talking to him about it, but I guess that's not going to happen now. But I, I don't think he would want to shut it down. He really enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. all right, Naya Rivera's ex-husband, Ryan Dorsey, has reportedly moved in with her sister, and that is to help raise... Uh, her son and his son together. So uh, Naya Rivera's sister, Nikayla Rivera, they're living in a three-bedroom rental and they're sharing the responsibility of helping raise uh, Josie. So that's Lord dope. Have mercy. God bless that family, you know, man. It takes it takes a village for real, but Lord have mercy. I'm sorry that they got to be in that situation to begin with. I saw people like trying to say things on social media like they were dating now or something like that. But in something like this, I think... You have to show compassion. And she actually did respond to the reports of moving in with Ryan Dorsey. And she asked for compassion. Uh, She did not confirm or deny the report. She said her main priority is Naya's son. She said, in the darkest time of my life, the only thing that is important is my friends and family. Showing up for my nephew, even though I can't show up for myself. And by the way, if they do grow in love and start dating, who gives a damn? Right. You know, sometimes tragedies do bring people together. And the fact that they can do that to raise the child and, and not care about what everybody says, move in and make sure that child's happy, that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Chadwick Boseman's co-star from 21 Bridges, Sienna Miller, is saluting Chadwick Boseman and his generosity and selflessness. She said in an interview with Empire that he asked her about being part of the film. She said he was a fan of my work, which was thrilling because it was reciprocated from me to him tenfold. So he approached me to do it. He offered me this film, and it was at a time when I really didn't want to work anymore. I'd been working nonstop, and I was exhausted, but then I wanted to work with him. Uh, She requested more money when it was time to sign on for the film and the studio refused. And that's when Chadwick Boseman, who also produced the movie, stepped in and he said, I'll do it. She said, I'll do it if I'm compensated in the right way. And he ended up donating some of his own salary to get her to the number that she had asked for. How dope is that? That's really dope. That's that's honorable. Mm -hmm. He told her that was what she deserved to get paid. 
Okay. All right. I now, Willa Smith has broken her silence on the entanglement situation with her mother, Jada Pinkett Smith, and August Alsina. They were on Red Table Talk, and she told her mom that she was proud of her. Listen to this. I yes, want to put it on the table. Absolutely. Yes, Gam. I'm so, so proud of you. Yes. To be able to see you and dad do that, for me, that was like, okay, that's a real deal. That's real love. Right. Like, when you can be like, I'm with you, I'm going to stand by you. Right. And I'm going to hold your hand mm -hmm. because I love you. Right. Yep. That's right, what we right, do. Right. And that, that's really important. Yeah. That's incredible. But Willow, how do you really feel, though? I know the Red Table Talk answer, but what did you really feel? Tell us the truth. Like, did you say, Mom, why not Chris Brown? Willow, Willow, which meme of your daddy looking defeated was your favorite? Let's discuss. Well, to be fair, I'm sure the whole family knew about it. To be it fair, was your fault. Did. What? <laughs> What's wrong with you? It was all Angela no, Yee's fault. To be fair, listen, yeah, it kind of was your fault, Yee. How is it my fault? It would have stayed behind the curtain, but you want to ask? You guys, it already was not behind the curtain. I think pretty much everyone knew about it. They were doing red carpets together never on vacation together. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I never heard about it till I saw your interview. Nope, never heard about it till I saw your interview. Nope. Yep. All right, and let's send up some prayers for Chrissy Teigen. She's having a very bad uh, experience with pregnancy bleeding, and she's been hospitalized. Listen to her explaining. Super serious bed rest. Like, get up to quickly pee, and that's it. I would take, like, baths, like, twice a week, but... I was always, always bleeding. You know, I'm about like halfway through pregnancy and um, uh, the blood has been going on for like a month. So, you know, kind of every time I would go to the bathroom, it would be blood, but honestly, just laying there would just be blood. But today, the big difference was that it kind of was like if you were to just kind of turn a faucet on to low and leave it there and just kind of leave it. And it's so weird because I feel really good. That's exactly why the wife and I are not having no more kids. I don't care how much money you got, uh, wow. how much you know, insurance you got, where you live. Because the way they treated my wife in that hospital two years wow. ago, hell no. Absolutely not. No, I'm surprised. Ain't had no more ain't had no more epidurals. What hospital she was just, that? Because we live in, in similar gonna, areas. That's they, what they I'm telling you. Wow. You could always use the doula, our girl. And I had four. They I had four in the hospital. I had four of them at uh, that hospital. We didn't have any... any and do it any in the house who? like Tiana Taylor. Salute to Layton. Lathan. Lathan Thomas. Glow Maven. Mm -hmm. the only, well, the only problem we had at that hospital was, was uh, I think uh, it was uh, our... I think it was London. They said that the epidural was good enough. And my wife was like, no, I can still feel the pain. But then once my wife wilded out, they gave her whatever she wanted after that. They didn't have no epidurals for my wife at all for That's our crazy. last child. None. Zero. They was like, we don't have any more epidurals. And then they, they was like, well, the baby's right there. You can just push it out. Like, God damn. That's really how they look at black women, though. They look at black women like, oh, they can, you Ouch. know, withstand more pain than everybody That's else. That's crazy, bro. Jeez. Ever since I saw that, I know I don't be doing nothing in the bedroom. Those, all those noises are fake. Yeah, well, you're small anyway. But anyway, right, that TMI. is your rumor report. We're all small. Ain't none of us seven pounds, three ounces. Now, uh, seven pounds, three ounces. Oh, cool. I didn't know what you was talking. I thought you was just saying. You're okay. just going to ask a question like that? Like, I'm not going to go to Human Resources after? Do you want to see, sir? Oh, do you want to go to Human Resources? <laughs> you guys, it's a rumor report. Ten. It's over. It's over. I got Leave 10 it years of story. I got 10, I got too. I got a decade of <laughs> talk. <laughs> and I got to ask, and, and I got to ask as a gift. So where you want to go? All right, sorry. Oh, you accepted it. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, front page news next.
No, we got donkey today next. Why are you so flustered? <laughs> she about you. <laughs> what is going on? This guy's checking with me. It's making me uncomfortable. Goodness gracious. I don't want to go to the donkey next. All right, well, Listen, who are you giving uh, the donkey to? It's a police officer in Louisiana named John Michael Goulard Jr. who needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him, please. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. It's Angela Yee, and the General Insurance is making it easy to get the auto coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Get a personal quote in two minutes and drive off with insurance in 10. Give them a call at 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, ask Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being donkey of the day is a little bit of a mixed play. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but donkey of the day is a new one. Donkey of the day for Tuesday, September 29th, goes to a Louisiana police officer named John Michael Goulard Jr. Now, John, John Jr., is a 25-year-old police officer who got shot in the line of duty. Um, look, being a police officer is a dangerous job. Nobody ever said it wasn't. In a perfect world, we would hope police officers could police peacefully without violence. Uh, but years and years of police abusing their power and causing violence and not policing peacefully have caused some folks to have a real disdain for the police. And it causes some folks to commit acts of violence towards the police. Well... This isn't one of those times. See, around 11.50 p.m. on a random Sunday night not too long ago, Goular, John Goular Jr., who was on duty, reported that he had been shot. Now, I'm not a police officer, but I would assume that at a time like this, when you look around at the racial climate of the country, when you look at the tension between cops and civilians, uh, you know, you had George Floyd get killed at the hands of the police this year. Uh, Breonna Taylor, of course, is dead because law enforcement clearly made some mistakes that led to her death, and none of the cops were charged. Nobody was charged. Uh, you had the two cops in L.A., I believe, that were ambushed and shot. So when an officer like John Goulart Jr. says that he was shot in Louisiana at a time like this, what do you think it makes the other officers do? I would just assume it, make, it makes their anxiety go through the roof, and now they are extra aggressive because they want to get home to their families like everybody else. And they might want a little revenge. Maybe. Nobody likes their power challenge, and when you shoot a cop, that is indeed challenging their power. And unlike when cops shoot an unarmed civilian in these streets, trust me, when they catch your ass, justice will be served. So Officer John Goulart Jr., I'm sure, had the whole police department in a tizzy, probably had them turning Pineville, Louisiana, upside down. I bet the people in Pineville had to deal with even more BS than usual from the police because they were looking for sus suspects that don't exist. Uh, people were probably aggressively getting searched, profiled, and who knows what else, all because John Goulart Jr. lied. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he lied. Not about getting shot. He got shot. But the who and the how wasn't what he said. Let's go to KLB TV 5 for the report, please. On Monday, September 21st, I was here in Pineville reporting that a Pineville police officer was shot at by an unknown person in the alleyway behind the shopping center. We find out a few days later that the officer, who we now know as John Goulart Jr., shot himself, concealed, and then altered the facts. The officer has been placed on administrative leave and has been charged with one count of criminal mischief for filing the false police report and one count of malfeasance in office 
for creating the falsehood while wearing a Pineville police uniform. He has been booked into the Rapids Parish Detention Center and his bond will be set by a Rapids Parish District Judge. Pineville Police Chief Don Weatherford said that the police department and a team of investigators were trying to follow any lead in evidence from Officer Goulart Jr.'s original report. But eventually, the investigation led back to him. We had no reason initially to, to uh, question uh, what he was telling us was accurate. Wow. Officer John Goulart Jr., some would say, you're the pig who cried wolf. Might have to start calling you Officer Little, as in Chicken Little, because you told the Pineville Police Department the sky wasn't w was falling, and it wasn't. Okay, you had the whole police department in mass hysteria, and I'm sure some racist, crooked, bigoted cop used this to his advantage to harass and vilify a whole bunch of innocent citizens in Pineville, Louisiana. See, when you talk about the story of Chicken Little, you have to discuss the fact that the hidden meaning in the Chicken Little story is the idea that fear-mongering weakens the war effort and costs lives. That's exactly what you did, John. The real war on crime was weakened for a moment because you want to be Officer Pinocchio and lie about getting shot and have the cops out there looking for a suspect that doesn't exist. And that over-aggressive policing, I'm sure they were doing to folks after hearing about you getting shot could have cost someone their life all because you are a Cheddar Bob-ass cop who shot themselves. Now, John Goulart Jr. was charged... Uh, with filing a false police report. He was released on a $10,000 bond, and he remains on administrative leave. Now, I understand mistakes happen. Nobody is perfect, and I don't think imperfect people should be held to a perfect standard. But, John, you can't be a cop anymore. Hell no. Not when you're proven to be a liar. Okay, I understand you're only 25 years old, but that's your character. If he lies about shooting himself, I know he will lie about shooting my black ass. How can you trust this man on any police force? He showed you what type of character he has. And I was always taught that the man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him. And so he loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love, end quote. I need cops that truly respect and love themselves because if they truly respect and love themselves, then maybe, just maybe, they will respect and love civilians too, okay? John Goulart Jr. does not have that, therefore he should not have a badge. Please let the Hamiltons give John Goulart Jr. the sweet sounds of their voices, please. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. Well, thank you for that donkey mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, Ryan Holiday will be joining us. Tell the people who Ryan Holiday is, Charlamagne, that doesn't know. Ryan Holiday is one of my favorite authors. Um, he's he's written quite a few books that I love. Ego is the Enemy is, is, is my favorite. Uh, he also wrote Obstacle is the Way. He's got another book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. And he has this daily affirmation book called The Daily Stoic that I read every morning. And he just put out a new book called Lives of the Stoics. Uh, so, yeah, Ryan Holiday is incredible. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him next. All right, we'll get into that next. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line, Ryan Holiday. Hey, guys. How are you? Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan is one of my favorite authors. Um, Ego is the Enemy. Obstacle is the Way. 
Uh, I read a daily affirmation book every day called The Daily Stoic. Uh, that's all my man, Ryan Holiday. And he's got a new book out right now called Lives of the Stoics. So, Ryan, why, why, why is Stoicism, Stoics, why are they so significant to you? Yeah, yeah. So, so the Stoics were uh, a group of philosophers in ancient Greece and ancient Rome who, I, I know when people hear that word philosophy, you think sort of abstract, you think college professor, you think totally unusable in the real world. But in truth, the, the Stoics were generals and they were teachers and they were soldiers and, and, and merchants and writers. They were real people in the real world. So to me, what philosophy is, is a sort of a guide for thriving and, and surviving turbulent times. The Stoics lived in times just like these. And what they wrote was really a prescription for, for being resilient and for also being a good person inside of that. You know, you start off the book with a quote that I've always read about philosophy. He says, the only reason to study philosophy is to become a better person. Anything else is just a critique of words by means of using other other words. Do you, is this true? Like, you, you, do you believe that? Yeah, I mean, but I think what, what stoicism is about is like, how do you control your temper? You know, how do you, how, how much is the right amount of ambition to have? And so and, and the Stoics were people who had jobs, who owned companies, who wrote books. They were thinking about like, how do you raise your kids? You know, or, or how, do you, how do you respond when somebody insults you? Or, you know, for a big chunk of the, the, the Stoics, they were living under Nero's regime. So, you know, they would have understood a Donald Trump-like character very well and all the temptations and dilemmas that come along with, with a leader like that. Ryan, are you angry about Donald Trump not paying taxes? <laughs> well, I think, you know, a key, a key Stoic virtue is justice, right? Um, the idea of fairness, the idea of honesty, just defrauding your ta just defrauding the government on your taxes is, is, is wrong for one reason. But the real reason I think the Stoics would find that objectionable is that by shirking one's responsibilities, um, you're forcing other people to carry your weight. And I think at the core of Stoicism is the idea like each of us has to carry our own weight. But, but most of all, those of us who are successful, who are talented, who, are, who have been blessed or fortunate, we have the highest obligation to carry our own weight. And to me, that's what's so morally repugnant about the idea of the president of the United States paying $750 in taxes. I was gonna ask, what, you know, what did you learn the most about writing this book, you know, doing your homework and research? What was the, the biggest thing that you learned? I mean, to me, what I learned is that these were like real flesh and blood humans. Like, so Seneca is one of the most interesting Stoics. He's, he's exiled from Rome by one emperor, but then he's called back by uh, another leader. And, but, but, the, but the catch is he has to be Nero's advisor. So imagine if, you know, you guys get kicked off the radio and then the only way to get back on the radio is to make some moral compromise that you're deeply uncomfortable with, but you know that through your show you can do good and you can provide for your family and you can have impact. It's, it's such a, you know, the, the idea that, you know, people are totally good and bad is, is, is I think, too simple. The reality is human beings are self-interested. Human beings have good impulses and bad impulses. Yeah, you know, folks can't deal with nuance like, like, like they used to. When I read these stories, you know, about stoicism, it's almost like people can understand nuance better then than they do now because everything isn't right. Everything isn't totally wrong. Like, it's cultural context 
to everything. I think that's right. And and also, like, I think we've sort of lost the ability to to worship real heroism also, though. So, like, for for all of Seneca's sort of moral complexity, there were other Stoics under Nero who were like, no, not on my watch. I'm going to go down fighting this. And so, you know, these were the real heroes of the ancient world. And we've lost, I think, the ability... To, to really celebrate those kinds of people and 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 to set them up as an example. So to me, what's so disappointing about where we are politically is not just where we are, but that every, uh, so many of our leaders have just sort of rolled over and taken it. You know what I mean? That that they're just like, I, I don't know. To me, there's nothing less uh, less inspiring than a bootlicking sycophant. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's real. And that's what most Democrats look like. I hate, well, no, not even most Democrats. Most Democrats look like that because they take all the BS from the Republicans. But the people in the Republican Party who should know better, they look like that too because they're taking all of this from Trump. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason our government is set up the way that it is is that a senator has a longer term than a president. And somehow these senators are will, like, even though they have job security for the next six years, are afraid to cross the president because they don't want him to send an angry tweet about them, you know? And the fact that we have these leaders now who can't even decide, hey, this, you know, calling veterans who died in our wars suckers and losers, I'm not even gonna draw the line there, you know? Or or Ted Cruz, that's, I live in Texas, he's our senator. It's like, if somebody insulted my wife, you know, that's gonna be the end of my working relationship with that person. But we have this sort of spineless generation of politicians, and I think the Stoics are a great example of of people with with real character and commitment to their ideals. There's so many discussions about being a boss and boss talk, and talk about the importance of being a servant also. Well, I think, you know, being a servant of someone else is, I think, uh, shameful. But being the servant of a cause, to me, is noble and the right thing to do. So this, when we talk about servant leadership, we're not talking about a leader who tells everyone what they want to hear. A servant leader puts the cause above themselves. What's the most valuable thing you learned from stoicism that, is, that, that has helped you in 2020? There's a great uh, there's a great line from one of the founders of Stoicism. His name is Zeno, and he said, "Well-being is realized by small steps, but it's no small thing." So I think the idea that progress is something we inch ourselves to or towards is really important, not just personally, but I also I also think we've got to realize this politically, right? Like um, the the way you we're going to dig ourselves out of this mess is not by one savior or one magical law. It's going to be about throw, first throwing the bums out of office and then secondly, replacing them with better and better people over a period of years. So, you know, I think everyone wants a shortcut. Everyone wants a quick fix. But the reality is we get better step by step. All right, we got more with Ryan Holiday. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk, little baby. It's about time. What's going on? Now, Little Baby, he put out that song, The Bigger Picture, and that song is huge right now. 
you know, this is all in the midst of calls for justice and everything that's been happening with Black Lives Matter, police brutality. But he said he doesn't want any part in politics. Now, he said uh, when he did say he would work with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms on police reform, he deleted that post later on. And during an interview with GQ, he said, the more I'm seeing what's up with all that ish, the more I'm like, let me back up off politics. I don't want to be no Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. I stuck my nose in it. I'm good on that. So he also... No, I'm saying the thing about politics is that everyone is using each other. You know, you just don't let, you can't let folks misuse you. And um, Democrats are groupies. They are a bunch of star fornicators. So I see why, you know, he may feel like that. But I think Lil Baby needs to understand that his voice is not for the politicians. His voice is for the people. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want him to back off, you know, providing soundtracks for the people in the street because of how politicians are trying to misuse their affiliation with him, our, 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 our non-affiliation with him, trying to get an affiliation. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Joel Santana, he uh, has talked about getting caught with that gun when he fled uh, from TSA. The gun was in his luggage. He was on the Fat Joe show, and he explained how everything went down. Here's how the gun ended up in his luggage in the first place. I had a video shoot. I take the little joint with me, just, you know, just for, you know, always just for safety. So as I'm changing my clothes, I throw the joint in a brand new Supreme bag that I just caught from the dude that brought me the stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on set and from like nine o'clock to like four in the morning. So even myself, I had already forgot I threw the joint in the bag. I done roll back to the crib, everything, put my bags down. You know what I'm saying? Mind you, I got a flight to go to LA the next morning. And then he talks about at the airport when the cops came, why he ran. I had a warrant for a traffic ticket that I was supposed to handle in New Jersey. So I was going to come handle the warrant next week after I got back from my show. It's a little bull****. I just ain't appearing in court. So the girl come back to me like, yo, Jewels. She said, they ain't going to let me search your bag. They said, higher authorities got to come and search your bag. I still has it clicked to me that something crazy like the, 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 the joint is in my bag. So that whole time he was concerned about a warrant, he couldn't, rem- he didn't even he didn't remember. Even know about the gun charge, right? Yeah, that the gun until he heard about it on the radio later on. So, sheesh, you- that's... <clears throat> I mean, listen, things happen, but why would you run from a warrant if you were just going to come back and take care of it the week after he next anyway? He would to go to jail. Maybe he would rather he have to go to jail. He figured to go get yeah. his lawyer and take care of it. It was a weekend, so he didn't want to stay the weekend. So he said, you know what, I'll just go home, get my lawyer, and then let my lawyer deal with it. That makes sense. But you got to know when you flee. If you get caught, then you're adding on to your charges, is all I'm saying. You're just making a bad situation It probably wouldn't work, have been but... as big a deal if it wasn't for the gun, though. Yeah, if it wasn't for the gun, it wouldn't have been that. It depends on what the charge was, but the charge couldn't have been bigger than the gun. So even if it was, you know... But he ran before they knew they had a gun. He ran, right, right but he just, thought he just had a warrant. Huh? He thought it was maybe a traffic, I think a traffic violation he said. He, that's my point. But they would have handled that. At an airport because of a traffic ticket? But you got to think, he was in a cab on the way home. He was fine if it wasn't for the gun. That's why they really went to go get him. They wasn't going to go get him for that warrant. He would have handled it. He turned him all your luggage. You leave all your luggage and everything else. I mean, listen, I'm glad. Yeah, you don't want to spend a weekend in jail. I get my I get my bags on Monday. I don't want to spend three. Somebody days get in a jail. nice Supreme bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that Jewel, right. I'm glad he's home. But that is a moment, people. Yeah, never seen one. All right, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban has gone to pick up Delonte West from a gas station yesterday in Texas. There was an image that was circulating on social media that showed him panhandling in the street, and he's been having a lot of issues. His family members, friends have been concerned about him for the past several years. So now he is open to the idea of entering rehab and Mark Cuban is offering to help cover the cost of that. So I do hope that does work out for him. 
That's great. I love that too, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't sit around and laugh at a person because you see them on a meme or laugh at somebody because you see them in a bad situation. Go help that man. Mm -hmm. that, salute to them for going to help that man. All right, and it looks like Bryson Tiller has an album coming out. He posted Real Fans Know the Countdown started months ago, Anniversary 10-2, so October 2nd. So he made his debut album five years ago. Everybody's been wanting to know when is this happening, so it looks like that's the release date. And in other releases, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin' Savage Mode 2 is coming out this Friday, and they actually put out a trailer that's narrated by Morgan Freeman. Savage is defined as fierce. Beastly and untamed. Mode is defined as a way of operating or using a system. So to be in savage mode is to go hard, not allowing anything to stop or deter you from your mission. Basically, this means when someone is in savage mode, they are not to be f***ed with. I love 21 Savage, 21 a beast. And that's too dope that he got Morgan Freeman doing his trailer. Mm-hmm. All right, looking forward to that. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. The Travis Scott meal just dropped at McDonald's, featuring the juicy quarter pounder burger with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, and bacon, all with medium fries and a drink for just six bucks. Don't forget the barbecue sauce. Price and participations may vary. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, Good morning. Um, yeah, you was telling us something about Kevin Durant? Yes, actually, Kevin Durant, this basketball court that he was building in Brooklyn, it's located at PS 152, PS 315 in Brooklyn. It is done. So okay. I think that's dope. It's part of the Build It and They Will Ball initiative that he's doing. And he wrote on social media, Hashtag build it and they will ball. So that's really dope. It looks amazing. And the artwork is by Timothy Goodman. So if you have a chance to take a look at this playground renovation, make sure that you do it. He said now more than ever, kids need safe and high quality outdoor spaces. So, you that's know, dope. Brooklyn, that's where we're at. And today's National Coffee Day. So I got to keep reminding y'all that. And, you know, I have my own coffee company that we just launched, Coffee Uplifts People. And if you mm -hmm. go on the website, you can get half off just for today only. So you can try the coffee. Right now we're focusing on uh, voting and registering people to vote. So all that information is on the website also. And, yeah, try the coffee. Well, send okay. some coffee to Joe Biden because he's going to need it tonight in that versus battle against Donald Trump. We're okay. all going to need it, by the way, because that – Tonight doesn't even start till 9 p.m., the um, the debate. That's late. That is 9 p.m.? They, they must be on the West me. Coast. They're not, they're not on the West Coast? There's no way they got them two old white men out past 9 o'clock. No, it starts at Shut 9 p.m., doesn't it? It starts at 9. At I don't know. What, what are they doing it yeah. Are they doing it for yeah, the West Coast? Oh, my West God. Makes sense. Man, I hope Joe Biden oh, don't wake Cleveland. up till 7 p.m. They mm -hmm. need to let Joe Biden nap all day long. And 9 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Lord and have it's mercy. Gonna, it ends at 10.30, so it's supposed to be from 9 oh to 10.30 tonight. Listen, you know, I'm telling you right you now. You have some coffee up, people. You'll be up. <laughs> yeah, you need to send them some coffee. Um, Joe Biden going to win, but he's going to lose. And we all going to be in here tomorrow complaining about how much Trump lies. Okay? Trump is, Trump. Is gonna, he says anything. He does anything. And I think he's just going to get under Joe Biden's skin. And after learning that it don't start till 9 o'clock, Joe Biden will be angry and ready to go to sleep by 9.25. Guaranteed. You think anybody's going to change their mind based off the debate, or you think people's minds are pretty much no, made up already? No, 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 no. 
I think. Well, you know what? That's hard to say because I do feel like there's a lot of disaffected voters out there who I'm not saying that they're undecided on who they're going to vote for. They're just undecided on who if they're going to vote. And I think that's the thing people keep missing. It's not about being undecided on who you're going to vote for, about being undecided on voting, period. Because in 2016, 4.4 million people who voted in 2012 stayed home, and a third of them were black. How do you get those people back? That's 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 what I would be focusing on. All right, well, we'll watch that tonight. When we come back, we got a positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, and y'all, I got some pie yesterday. Did y'all get y'all pie from Fargo? No, no I didn't get Fargo? my pie. Yes, it looks, uh, it's the a show, show on FX. Yes, and it's the latest installment this month. Uh, they're actually celebrating the latest installment of Fargo, and they're doing these chef collaborations, and you get uh, their own versions of American Pie. So I got my pie already. Now, Fargo's fourth installment stars Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman highlighting two immigrant families, and they're vying for a piece of the American dream and a tale of immigration, assimilation, and power. And in this spirit, FX actually enlisted and claimed chefs Marcus Samuelson, uh, Daniela Soto Ines and Enet Admoni. So they're actually sending out these pies and they're giving these pie recipes also. And I got a little apron and everything that goes with it. So you can actually get your own chance to get a piece of the pie and to, to win at thebreakfastclub.iheart.com slash Fargo Flavors. And you have until October 4th to be able to win. You have to be 18 or older and a U.S. resident. And make sure you tune in this Sunday at 10 p.m. on FX, next day on FX on Hulu. Okay. I put some pie on the schedule. I got some uh, chocolate chip cookies like from pie? Wegmans. Um, sweet potato. And sometimes big, apple with a, a, with, a, with, a, with a small scoop of vanilla ice cream because I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't want to poop on myself. But I'm sweet potato pie. I pecan pie over here. I like pecan now. Pecan pie is good a, too. I'm not a big pie eater. I like the chocolate chip cookies. I could do some cookies. Okay. Oh, I got some chocolate chip cookies from Wegmans. I got a 15-pack yesterday. I can't wait to eat those this weekend. My goodness. All right. Well, leave us on a positive note. Listen, the positive note comes from my man, Ryan Holiday, who we had on the show earlier today. Salute to Ryan Holiday and Roland Martin for pulling up today, zooming in. But uh, it comes from his book, The Obstacle is the Way. And Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. Breakfast Club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done? 